Welcome back, everybody, for another session of Mama Shen Y. Today we have an amazing guest all the way from Brooklyn, New York, Miss Rajni Jacques, fashion director at Teen Vogue and Allure. Hey, Raj. Hey, guys. Hi. We actually got her to come up here, and it is such a pleasure to see her here today. Um, mm-hmm. So she is going to tell us a little bit about... You know, bossing it up <laughs> while, while momming. I yeah. will do my best. While mom boss. Mom boss and wife boss. Because we all know that the management of our uh, partners is also a whole nother. It is a whole nother degree job. that you need to get. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about, I mean, because you've become such a force in two major publications, Teen Vogue and Allure, and you're the fashion director. Like, how did you get into that? You were starting to tell us offline, and I was like, wait, 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 wait. We got to start recording. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where, I hate to say it, but it just happened by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, lucky you. <laughs> yeah, I am so <laughs> lucky. <laughs> but, you know, I think, like, growing up in a household where, you know, I grew up in a very Caribbean household. Mm-hmm. and Your parents are Haitian. My parents are Haitian. Ooh, um, nice. They're both doctors. Mm-hmm. So I just, I think the... Slay, slay. Yeah. Excuse <laughs> me. But you know what I mean? Like, I think just the way that I grew up was, you know... Um, first generation American. Your, my parents came here in like the early eighties, mm. and they made this for themselves. So they, you know, they project onto their children. Yeah. And I think just the Haitian community as a whole, and a lot of Caribbean communities as a whole, they project a certain way of living. Like we, you know, we used to walk with no shoes. Now we're in America. Like now you're you need to do better than us. Yeah. So I think what you saw was you know. The professions that were laid out for me where you can either be a doctor, you can be a lawyer, you can be an engineer. Those are the three things always that all like immigrant parents. Yeah, or (laughs) the options. At the very least, you could be a teacher (laughs) or a professor. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like it's so shady, but like shady. That's just the way that, you know, I manifested what a career was and what people could do. And there was nothing very like artistic about the way I grew up in the sense that I had a loving household, parents that loved me, parents that would do anything for me. Mm-hmm. And yes, they cultivated my my interests. Like I played soccer and I did all these things, but at the same time, I just, to be a creative was never part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not a real job. It's not a real job. I mean, if your father's like my father. Yeah, it's not, it's not a, a real, real job. job to well, them. Also, they're doctors. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, like, it's also not tangible. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's not something that you can hold on to in yeah. a way for them. And therefore, it was never something that I could hold on to. So, um, but the one thing I did know growing up is that I loved art and I loved pictures and I loved the story behind the pictures and how you could put the, those pictures together. But I just never knew what those people were called and what mm. they did. Um, I would go to the museums a lot. You know, I would get like all different magazines. My grandmother would always give me French Vogue because that was one of her favorite magazines. So yes, that's dope. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it was just one of those, I was like, Oh, this is, this is pretty. And that was like what I would do on my downtime was really mm-hmm. explore those things. 
but I didn't explore them in a way that like this could be a profession. So even when I went to college, it was school, 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 school. Oh, let me dibble like dab and and see. But I still then did not think that it could be a profession until one day, you know, I was struggling with the science class and I was like, I just need this class. I need to kind of like get that through last it, class that, last that you need class. to get through it. And I just remember being like, but I don't even like this. Mm. Like it brings me no joy. Like I hate going to this class. Mm -hmm. Like I hate. And then I just remember sitting down with my mom and she was like, you have to do something you love. You can't do something you don't love. And especially at least she gave you that though. That is yeah. refreshing because a lot of parents would be like, no, no, yeah. no, you need, no, you're check. going to medical school. You need yeah. this check. Exactly. Like the check, the, the stability. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The stability, all that is, is all well and great for any parent, any, any parent would be like, Oh my, my daughter, my son's a physician. Mm -hmm. Like that is, that's beautiful. That's what they want to say. <laughs> I mean, Diego better be like, mom, I'm a physician. You know? yeah. like, Girl, you see what you're doing to him. But like, I just, I remember when she said that and I was like, oh, I was like, so you don't want me to be a doctor? And she was like, I want you to be a doctor if you love being a doctor. But if oh, that's, mom. yeah, if that's something that you don't want to yeah, do, word. find something your that, progressive self. Yeah, find something that you want to do. But I just, I still at that moment in time did not know what I wanted to do. And you're one of how many? One of four. Okay. Are you, how many girls? There's two girls and two boys. And where do you, where do you uh, I have an out? older brother and okay. then it's me. Then I have a sister and a younger brother. Yeah. So you're the oldest, oldest girl. girl. Yeah. Mm. That's, I feel like that's pressure. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's it probably, you're, you're always, cause I'm the oldest. Uh -huh. Marlene isn't, but I feel like you always kind of get brought up, especially in brown households as mm -hmm. being the boss somehow. Oh yeah. It was like, oh, Rajan can do it. Yeah. But it was, it wasn't even that, like it was... Not that she could do it, but when it came to schooling and everything like that, my mom was like, oh, she she can handle She can handle. She's got it. Getting She's her applications it, yeah. by herself. Mm -hmm. She can handle doing the financial aid. Yes. She, she knows how to do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yes, I did know how to do it, but like, damn, help someone me. help me out. <laughs> yeah. A little help would have been nice. Right. I mean, two hands are better than one, you know? Were, so, you, were you able to like express your, your artistic side by like, I don't know, fashion. Were you fashionable early I, on? I think it's not even that I was fashionable early on. I think I just knew how to put together a look as shady as that sounds. Like, mm. But it's not shady at all. That's very real. Like, yeah. People, like some you know, people can't do that. Yeah. I, I, but it was weird. Like for me, it wasn't like buying, I guess at that time, like the Tommies and it, I, I didn't have money like that and nor did I want to spend money on stuff like that, but it was about thrifting. I was really good at thrifting. I was really good yeah, at like same. going into like, there used to be this place in New York city called antique garage. It no mm -hmm. longer exists on Broadway, but I was so good there. Like you would go, you could get lost there and spend hours lost. And then they had that. You'd find pieces. Yeah. Then they had that pound thing where you would just yes. throw <laughs> your clothes on this like weight yeah. and you would pay per pound. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So you were always stylish. Yeah. Like in, in the way, not, not in a popular way because people were like, what the fuck is she wearing? Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> they weren't ready girl. Yeah. They were like, why is she wearing a Victorian dress with jeans under? Mm -hmm. They weren't like, ready for that. And some kids. <laughs> so it was, it was more in, in a way that I dressed, I dressed for myself. I didn't dress for anybody else, but I was really good at thrifting. I was really good at going to like TJ Maxx and mm -hmm. finding the bomb. It's still the finds. Yes. <laughs> Tommy Polo. Like I was really good at mm -hmm. going to those stores and like just sifting through and just getting those gems. Mm. 
Um, and so when did the crossover happen? Because you were in, were you in law school? No, I wasn't even in law school. So I had taken the test, ready to go, got in. But at the time you could do what they call a deferment yep. for mm-hmm. a year. Mm-hmm. And it was during that time, I was like, I don't, I don't even want to be a lawyer. Mm. Like, I don't even know what I, and it was a very confusing time because I just, I didn't know what I wanted. Cause you picked one of the four options yeah, that did, you had and that I yeah. feel like we all are given. I left doctor and I was like, okay, well I guess I'll just move on to lawyer. It's the, mm-hmm. yeah, the next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next and then, best thing. <laughs> yeah. And I studied, I took the test, I, all that good stuff got into a school that I wanted to get into. And then I still wasn't satisfied or happy. Girl, um, the fact that you passed the LSAT, like just and you're saying it's so casually, it, like, yeah, took the test, but it was, got in. Yeah, it was one of those things like, I mean, I was, I knew I wasn't going to Harvard Law, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I also knew like, okay, well, like in my head, it was always so temporary. Yeah. Even if I saw in the paper, you got accepted, mm-hmm. like I still wasn't convinced. Yeah, you weren't jumping for joy. I wasn't jumping that. for joy. So, but she was made for this, like that. I mean, your parents were preparing like, no, no, our children are going yeah. to be one of the four they're gonna be, options. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to be one of those things. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, you know, life, life takes turns and it's never planned out the way that you think that it's going to be planned out or the way that someone tells you it's supposed to be planned out. Isn't that the truth, sister? And <laughs> yes. And then I was in a class. My I was actually in school. One of my um majors was uh it was political science journalism and communication and he was like oh well you know like maybe you want to do something in journalism or communication still i didn't know what the hell that was i was like what sure it meant. yeah it, but the one thing that he gave me was very liberal it was very kind of like spread your wing spread wishy-washy your you can kind of dabble and you, you not can, feel so confined exactly yeah you can make it whatever you wanted to make it and so i felt like that is the thing that gave me like oh wait Wait, there's things in magazines, there's broadcasting, there's this, there's that. And that kind of opened my eyes to things. And then I applied to Columbia School of Journalism. And I was like, you know what? If I get into Columbia, I'm not going to go to law school. If I don't get into Columbia, I'm going to go to law school. That's such a fun time, though. Don't you mm-hmm. kind of kick yourself in the ass and feel like... And it's all, it, all, it sounds like now as... 30 something women yeah. right 30 year old and plus women yeah. you kind of feel like the old people where they're like just enjoy it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because in that time it's like the world was at your fingertips yeah. you could have done anything you could have done anything you could have pivoted you it's also failed. it's also a unique perspective right because mm-hmm. you had law school on deferment yeah like you were like chill yeah i was like I'll let you know <laughs> i was like that I'll- wasn't even an option for me girl <laughs> I was like, that's what mm-hmm. i'm saying it's super yeah. that's a lot of years of school and very expensive yeah, yeah it's and well that's the thing too i was like i'm gonna pay for something i'm not even interested in right you know what i mean i'm gonna have this, and a lot yeah, a i'm lot gonna have this debt, debt do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that like and then i applied to columbia journalism and i got in and i was like okay well i guess law school is out the window and then i just went to columbia but then at the same time i met friends in college that like some were, do- were doing things in magazines some were doing things in pr and i literally my friend Mary and I just, she was doing an internship or was applying to an internship somewhere. And I was like, I guess I'll apply too. <laughs> and so I did. And then I think it just manifested that way. And then it opened the doors to meet people, meet different creatives, meet photographers. And my mind was blown. I was mm. like, holy crap, you can do, you can do all these things. These are actual professions 
in a way that, that make you excited. Yeah. That made me excited because I didn't know there, there was nothing concrete about them. Like what is a photographer? Like, how do they start? How do they make a big, it, everything just seems so wishy-washy. So it's, for me, it was like, I can try one thing. And if I fail at that or I'm not too good, I can try something else, try the next thing. Mm-hmm. And I can do that. And I've always been creative. You know, I paint, I'm a painter. I, I just, the way I look at things, the way I solve puzzles and solve things are, it's always in a very visual same yeah way. It's never in a kind of stoic logistical. No, it's never logistical. Mm-hmm. It's always colors or just like, that's how I solve. And when you get into a room with people who don't understand that, it, mm-hmm. it, you can either drive them nutty or they'll drive you nutty. Oh yeah. But it's good to have both. Have yes. balance. Mm-hmm. So how did you meet your beau? In college. In college. Yeah. yeah. Was he at Columbia also? No, no. I met him at Rutgers because I okay. went to Rutgers for undergrad. Okay. Yeah. So I met him in college and, you know, <laughs> it's a really long story, but long story short, we had two classes in the journalism school and we were kind of like the classes. One was here down the hallway and mm-hmm. we would pass each other for three months. He would stare at me and I'd be like, why is he staring girl, at me? he was not <laughs> ready for all that melanin magic, girl. He, he wasn't. Was, he was not. <laughs> he wasn't. He would like have his backpack on and like look down. I was like, what is and then I just remember being like, this is so weird, but I found him attractive and I was like, oh, he looks like he's, he's European. But were you into white dudes? Because I think we talked about this briefly Mm -hmm. once, but you you were. I'm equal opportunity with being like, you are fly, you are good. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't one of those things where it's like, I'm going to be with the white dude. Or I never really had a boyfriend, boyfriend Mm. at the time. So I didn't even know what I saw myself with. Okay, that's fair. You know what I mean? But like, I think if you were to ask me then who I would marry, I would definitely think a black man or Mm -hmm. someone of color. Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I would I would have never thought where I ended up, especially who I ended up with. Yeah. I would have never thought that. Yeah. If you wrote that book and showed me that. I'd you would have been like, been like lie. <laughs> lies, lies, girl. You playing. But and I remember thinking like, he's Greek or he like, cause he was so he does, tan. He does give you a little, yeah. like Greek Mediterranean, Mediterranean flow. flow. And he never spoke and he never said hi to me. So I was like, oh, so you wouldn't, you didn't know, but yeah. he's not right. He's, no, he's he, from Jersey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> thought she was gonna the shade no he's not totally different he's his yeah. parents are jewish or somebody's no he's italian he's and italian irish. and irish yes yeah. like just straight jersey and so oh. when he opened up his mouth i was like whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you thought he was gonna be like rajni yeah hello my name <laughs> is davide uh how are you <laughs> let me tell you to my uh and he was like hey i'm david uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me take you to my villa, Rajni. <laughs> Rajni. Or something like that. And I was like, whoa. I remember I was like, <laughs> he was like, hey, girl. Yeah. Wait. And then you told, wait, I remember because for those of you guys who don't know Raj um, or in a non professional space, she is a dancer boy. <laughs> like, she don't fuck around. Mama gets down. And when <laughs> you told me that your husband doesn't dance, <laughs> I was like, what? Because her wine is so serious. Like, girl, she's Haitian. Girl, she don't fuck she's around got on the, the Caribbean dance floor. In her. That's, yeah. but, but, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, like her husband definitely like kills it. on. You know, like when yeah. you see like that white dude, you're like, yeah. yo, he's killing it. Yeah. She's like, no. <laughs> so I'm like, how does that work? Because like, you're such a dancer. It there. <laughs> 
<laughs> on a surfboard, on a skateboard, he'll kill it. On the dance floor, no, he has one move and it's with a finger. Yes, I remember you telling us that. I was like, ooh. Oh, shouts to David, man. Shouts to David and all the dudes that got like the craziest dancer partner and they got to keep up. Because you know when it's wedding time? Poor guy. Everyone's like I'm looking at Raj. <laughs> Raj is like, sorry, babe, I'm going to go dance with your uncle. <laughs> I dance with his brother a lot. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> and so you guys have been married nine years. Yeah, so it'll be um, October 4th of this year. Will be That's 10. incredible. Yeah. Just because I feel like amongst, you know, it, the statist- statistically Americans continue to get married, mm-hmm. but the divorce rate, we all know what it is. It's super. High. What is it, 50%? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always am impressed. I don't know, for some reason with people that are in their 30s that have been married a really long time. Yeah. Are, because His parents are still married. His parents are still married. And your well. parents are still married. No, my parents are divorced. Divorced. Yeah. But you came from people that were married yes. a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that plays into like, maybe the way that you guys view marriage or? 100%. Yeah. I think, I think what you see is what you know mm. and what's what's instilled or engraved in you and you, you there are certain things that I've taken from my parents marriage that you know there were things that were good about it but there were also things that were really not good about it mm-hmm. not good at all that I was like I I don't want to be that or I don't want that to be my situation yeah I feel like we all do that for sure um mm-hmm. and I think you know like with my parents marriage you know they got divorced when I was young and it was such a battle how old were you? If you don't mind me asking. I was, I must have been in like fifth or sixth grade. Oh, so, so you were very young. Yeah. I can't remember. Like, I don't even know how old. 12? You are. 11? Sixth yeah. grade. It was like seventh, like seventh, like seventh, eighth grade. It was kind of like. You're not full teenager, but like yeah, pre-teen. You're, you're yeah. pre-teen. Yeah. You're pre-teen. And you start understanding what things yeah. really mean. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And for me, it was like, if you're not going to be happy with someone, then you shouldn't be with them at all. And that's how I viewed my parents. And it taught me a lesson because I was like, I want both of them to be happy, but by themselves. But I understand that they can't be happy together. Together, yeah. And that was like the thing. And the funny thing is they're friends now. Yeah. Which weirds me out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just certain people aren't just meant to be together. So I think for me, I was never that girl that, dreamt of a wedding and like I know when I'm gonna get married and I know what my dress is gonna look like and I know how many brides bridesmaids I'm gonna have I just was never that girl I never were you that girl with the mom situation were you like I, I definitely want to be children, a mom yeah. that or... was yes I always knew like I didn't care if I had a partner if I did have a partner oh that's interesting one thing I knew is I wanted to be a mom that was always like I need to check that off but I marriage, think, I don't think we've heard that as no. far on this podcast. Not at all. That well, is you, interesting. You want to know why? I, for me, I, I come from a family of four mm-hmm. and I admire my mother and I admire how my mother raised four kids and just the strength that she has and just going through it by herself, doing a lot of stuff by herself with four kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not like she was a stay-at-home mom. She worked 24-7 and she sacrificed so much for us. And for me, I don't know. I just always envied her and I would feel sad that maybe I was taking away from her where she could be living her life. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I remember I always, the way that she treated us, I always wanted to kind of give that back to 
to someone else, like that same feeling. So I think that's what manifested a, a, the, the thought and the feeling that I, I definitely want to be a mom. It sounds like you are, or you were appreciative of her oh, even yes. growing up. Whereas oh, yeah. I feel like most of the women that we've interviewed and even myself included, mm-hmm. I I came to that like appreciation after I had my daughter. Got you. And so there's the, there's a the difference yeah. there. Like you were conscious of her oh, sacrifices and her efforts while you were growing up. While I was growing which up. Which made you 24/7. want to, to give that yeah. to someone else, that, yeah. that same effort. No, That's pretty cool. And the thing is like, yes, you know, you always go through something in high school. Like, you know, you go through your bad phase and, but it's weird. I, I didn't go through that in high school because I didn't want to create stress for her because she mm. was already stressed enough with you making sure. Like a great daughter, girl. Thank you. <laughs> no, seriously, I was not that daughter, by the way. But I—that's beautiful. But I think I think everyone's circumstance is different. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, if it was, everyone's circumstance is different. So that that's pretty much why. Yeah. And so I knew I always wanted to be a mother. I would have. I wanted to get married too, but if it didn't happen for me, I was You're okay with that. I was okay mm-hmm. with that. But I'm very happy for my situation now and that I am married and I do have a loving relationship and it does have its ups and downs and we, you know, argue, but we love each other really hard. And I think we both want to build on what we have and build more on that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is it's a work in progress. But if you're willing to put in the work, then and you're both on the same level, then it's all good. You guys waited a while because you've been married nine and baby Diego is two. By the way, yes, baby Diego, (sighs) he needs to be packaged (laughs) up in like a little red bow. And we all need to take a bite out of him because he is so delicious. Oh, my little mush. Oh, he's so delicious. Um, So... Why did you guys decide? Like, were you like, no, no, I'm too young. Like, yeah. why did you decide? Because how old were you when you had him? I had him. I was 36. Yeah. 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 And you decided to have him definitely after you've been married a little bit in your mid 30s. Mm-hmm. Was that very conscious or were you guys trying or? Yeah. Were you I just mean, like, I'm on, I'm on my career path right now. Like, I'm not trying to. I think it was. Yes, I was on my career path. But I also think that like I like the freedom of being able to be like, all right, on Friday, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this. Yeah. And on Sunday, I'm coming. And obviously- and I don't feel like people do that enough. Like people, you know I mean? so many people, and not to be critical because, you know, everybody's journey is different, but mm-hmm. a lot of people will get married to have the baby. Yeah. And I'm like, enjoy marriage. Like yeah. enjoy sex in every room in the apartment. Exactly. <laughs> because that shit ain't happening after you got it like a baby. It doesn't happen the same way. It's that's not the, the same. And it, I mean, for me, like I was, I just liked my freedom. I loved having the freedom to do what I wanted to yeah. do when I wanted to do it. Obviously bringing a child in changes that dynamic in a way, but David, Wanted a kid for five years prior. Uh, okay. Oh, so he, yeah. you were the one that was like, nah, son. Yeah. Was I was, he, was he aggressive about it or, or just he was like, aggressive about it at certain times. It was okay. like, when is it going to happen? Like, blah, 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 you know, like, I don't understand why we can't have a kid now. Like, you know, everything. And I was like, well, financially we're not here and this, we're not there. And the thing is, to be honest with you, nothing is ever going to fully align 
for you to have that one thing. Like if you have a kid, your love life might be in shambles or your work life is in shambles, but your love life is good. Like mm-hmm. you can't wait for that moment where everything, everything is, is okay. Yeah. You just can't wait for is that moment. Is there ever a moment? I think all the greats say no. Is, no, there is never a moment. So you just keep on postponing it. And I think for me, it wasn't necessarily that. It was just, I liked freedom. I liked freedom. Yeah, and David... David liked freedom too. And David loves freedom. But like, I think he just, he was like, I just, I want, I want something. And, you know, he'd be like, I want to put him on like, we used to own a skate shop together. And he was like, I want to put him on the counter. And like, people come in and say hi to the baby. <laughs> and like, what? You're like, bro, that's only like 15 minutes yeah, out of the like, 24 hours yeah. of what we'll be doing. Yeah, I was like, you know, there's other things that happen. Like he poops, he cries. Yeah. Someone has to like, like it's a not, lot. Yeah. I, it was a very like picturesque. I was like, this child must be the best child ever. He's just going to say hi to people. And like, <laughs> you're going to have him on your like shoulders and do all that. Nonsense. Do you find that men are way more romantic? I find that men are so much more romantic about a lot of things than women. Romantic, yeah. just romanticizing an idea. Romanticizing. They romanticize relationships. They romanticize yeah, having children. They romanticize marriage. Or, yes. And you're like, wait, are we I think we're more realistic. In the like, same space, yeah. in the same yeah. life. I think we can talk about romance, but then we'll be like, er, here's, a, here's a real talk. Yeah, yeah, what's the budget? At eight o'clock, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have a schedule. Yeah. yeah we got I'm a tired. schedule. We got mm-hmm. something to do, like, and that thing. So, yeah, it, it is in a way like romanticizing it. But then finally, I was like, you gave in? It's not even that I gave in. Just one day I woke up and I'm I'm not kidding you. One day I woke up and I was like, I need a kid. Like, oh, girl, I just, that biology, honey, that so bitch you guys is knocking on your uterus. You, made, yeah. you planned it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I was just like, I, I, I want a kid now. Like, I'm ready. I, like, I don't know what happened last night. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but I know this morning when I woke up, I'm he put I'm, that juju on yeah, you, girl. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready to have a kid. And yeah, and that's kind of how it was and it wasn't easy Mm. it was not easy and so you've worked for major publications Mm -hmm. right i think i read nylon Mm -hmm. vibe yeah glamour Mm -hmm. has your style changed at all since you've become a mom like i i could imagine that your coworkers are just as stylish and looking Mm -hmm. fly all day like if i could imagine working in a magazine i'd probably have you know high stress so i'd be anxious (laughs) because i just need to look good all All the the time time. yeah so i wonder if if anything has changed for you in terms of like your personal Mm -hmm. style or how you approach um, um your everyday I don't think anything's changed from my personal style because I became a mom. I just think as the decades changed and the years changed, like your style changes. Like there's things I wore three years ago. I'm like, damn, what were you? <laughs> Let me scratch my head, you know, for a second. But I think what happens when you become a mom with style, it's not necessarily like having a baby changes you. Yes. it. When I was actually pregnant, I would only rock bodysuits and jeans. Like mm, that right. was the look. Like I'll put a heel with that. I'll put a sneaker with that. You put whatever. That's what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Like accept me. But I think what ends up happening is I you become a little looser with style. And I think that's what happened to me. I think I became more practical. Yeah. Where, whereas I would probably go outside in heels. Uh-huh. Now I opt for flats. For flats. Got you. Because it's just easier to mm-hmm. maneuver like a child 
bags. 110%. <laughs> I think those things like come naturally. You're like, I can't. Well, no, because I see moms that are out here looking. Oh, really? Fly. I don't know. I'm if like, they, But if what? that's just for a pose and then they're taking them off, because that's me all day. Like I'll pose for a picture and then take them off and throw uh-huh. them in the car and then I'm putting on like the flat. <laughs> I'm, I'm a faker all day. So is that, are they really like walking down the street? I mean, I've seen girls in the park, in the Bronx, in Where? Marble Hill, in like four inch heels. With their kids, two or three of them. Yeah, okay. by the you way. see my face. That will never, so you know, never. Some women me. do not take off those heels, you know. Oh, no. So, but yes, I I do agree with you both. I I became more practical. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I I just there is no need for the for me. <laughs> there is no need for the heel in the park. Like, how am I going to run after him? You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you just become more practical. And, and and again, I just think I became looser when it came to style. I wasn't so like rigid i would try different things new things like i i was you become a little more experimental yeah and your body changes you know what i mean like does it yeah we know your body changes (laughs) so like some things you're like ooh, that is a little to this or to that and so you you have to experiment and have to change and have to try new things in order i guess to look your best you know were there any issues when you got married to david because I feel like we live in a very metropolitan, very modern, like New York is a, is a bubble. Yeah. Not everywhere is New York. And when you walk out of New York, you, you hit real America. Mm-hmm. You guys are an interracial couple, both highly educated, both, you know, um, professional at the top of your guys's game. I wonder, you know, and you guys have, you live in bed Yeah. How has that been? How is, has it been just like, oh, it's a, we're a normal Brooklyn couple or ha, has there been commentary? Was there commentary with, within families mm-hmm. at the beginning? Um, you know, like, how do you handle that? And then how, how do you got, how do you feel like you're going to handle that with Diego yeah. moving forward? Yeah. Who I has mean, a Spanish name who looks like a little Latin kid, <laughs> but he's half Asian and uh, Italian <laughs> and Irish. <laughs> Or sometimes East Indian, <laughs> right? Sometimes people, yeah. Well, sometimes I'm like, well, whatever. I let people think whatever. Like, yeah. Sure. But you know what? Dominicans and Haitians share like a yes. lot of culture. Oh, I mean, Our that's not to be similar. Of course. Yes. Of course. So, we share tons of I culture could see together, it, you, know? you know? But because you're also I saying Diego. But the, they probably say Diego. No, she says Diego. Mm-hmm. Oh, you I, say I Diego? Say, yeah, I say Diego. Yeah. Only okay, because, well, but I, I, I say it with... With my mom's face in hand, like do you know what with I mean? With her like, accent, with her accent, because that's how I learned the name. Because the reason why I named him was after Diego Maradona. Mm. Who's, who's that? He was uh, the famous soccer player from soccer Argentina. Player, girl. Oh yeah, I'm not into soccer. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, my dad, my fought like watching soccer is such like a huge growing thing. up. Yeah, and I remember being young and be like Diego Maradona go. Yeah. yeah. You're either a Maradona fan yeah. or a Pele fan. Uh, exactly. Who's Pele? We were Pele. Girl. Girl. <laughs> oh God. This is any, this is offensive right now. I don't know anything about you know what? Girl. girl. She's offensive, girl. But you know what? I, I was Sorry. Is, Sorry. you know what? Out of in the out of all of the Caribbean islands is 
Dominican Republic, the only one that where soccer is not the main sport. Soccer is like not the baseball. Main, it's baseball. And I, and you couldn't name very many people in that sport that I would recognize either. So Sammy Sosa. I'm an equal opportunity like sports uh, hater. Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, but girl, guys. Pele. Pele is kind of a legend. Like you just even don't if deal you don't with know. Sports. It's like if you don't know basketball, you know who LeBron, you know who Jordan yeah. is. He's kind of Why? bigger. Okay, Why fine. No shit. Fine. We're dragging her right now. We're dragging her for her lack of knowledge. <laughs> so he was named after a great, yeah. which I love. He was named after a great, but I hope he doesn't become a cokehead. Mm, <laughs> mm, shade. What? Shade. Diego Maradona was a cokehead. He was a big one. <laughs> yeah. He was a big It was like public. It's public. Well, girl, I hope he doesn't either. I, I'm praying. I'm he pretty won't. sure girl, he won't. Not. Pretty not. sure he won't. I just love that name because it was. It, it, it's, it's beautiful. It's powerful and it's to the point. And there's just something about it that just gives you like. He gives you Diego too. Yeah. He and is a Diego. He, he is a Diego. Yeah, he is. He is. He totally is one. But he has Jamie eyes. When I don't, I think like when David and I came together, the the people that had the biggest problem were the outside people. Oh, okay. My family really didn't have a problem. Yeah, they were like whatever. And they were like whatever. You want to marry this white man? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> this is also the second time that we've heard this kind of situation where mm. where the families are are super understanding yeah. and they're like let's yeah. do it and then it's just and his the family was cool as well more. and his family was just as cool like, yeah love that. It, they just didn't they were just like oh hi this is our daughter-in-law rajni you know, yeah you know, like it it, it was it. it was cool and i i love my in-laws and my brother-in-law my sister-in-law and we have a very great relationship and vice versa where david has a very great relationship with my family too so there was no static there was no there was nothing when it came to internally the family but it was the world i think it's the world they would always have stuff to say if we were walking down the street with each other or that makes perfect right really me. people would say things to you walking down the street oh yeah or look or look or just a look actually i've gone through that yeah, okay you know like look and then laugh you know what i mean just like little things like this or or look in disbelief yeah or like, like wait, are, are they that's your man oh, oh okay. did you have you ever gotten question if diego's your kid because i've I gotten did. question if cortez is my kid and we're both very light but, yeah, I but have also. cortez is almost blonde which yeah. i don't know where he gets that from and <laughs> i swear he's mine it, no, in no, my neighborhood people have just, asked me yeah. it's just as simple as not even because i look text, extra latina i don't know or stereotypical texture, latina it's color mm. yeah. you know it's it's just as simple as that yeah that, and that is enough for an ignorant person to mm -hmm. be like no but i've literally had kid? like is this your oh is this your baby oh, i've had that i've yeah. had that too with the undertone of like um i had it in the did you hospital. think i was the nanny what the do you mean second day okay yeah that's, that's yeah crazy. with your child that you just gave birth to yeah i was i was walking with him to um you know like after you give birth they have like a breastfeeding class yeah like, it depends mm -hmm. on how long you're in the hospital and this one lady was like oh my gosh she was like that's your that's your baby oh and she I was stuttered like, yes yeah. bitch and i just looked at her Sorry. like i am in a fucking a hospital robe. Yeah. Like clearly I just had I a just child. had a C section. I'm walking around like a zombie. Did I, you take that offensively or have you ever taken any of that? I did, but I honestly I was so tired. Yeah. Yeah. And I go, Yes, this is my son. Is there a problem? Mm. And then I think she could Ooh, then see. Sassy. And then she was like, oh, no, no, no. I was just, uh, no, I just. Yeah. The microaggressions. I'm just white. <laughs> the microaggressions. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. And like, you know, I'll go to a restaurant with him. It, it, not so much now. And especially in the summer, because he gets lots of color in the summer. I don't get that. But 
I would get that a lot. I also got that he was there, you know, tons of people like, oh, your baby girl. You know what? I don't (laughs) take that that offensively, though. I don't. Because at a certain age, not for nothing, people get so tight about that. But at a certain age that you can't tell. tell. I mean, it doesn't happen anymore. But this happened two weeks ago. I mean, this happens like now. He has a boy face. Yeah. I was like, this happens now. But I don't even I honestly don't even take offense. I think it's funny. I'm actually that. fine about yeah. that. But the mom about questioning the mom thing, I yeah. almost find that that's like that's definitely because to if you see he looks just like her yeah. and her husband. I'm like, like he looks exactly I, I like I haven't them. gotten it in a while. But yeah. you know where it's even more annoying cuz it's cuz you know and, and and you guys will excuse me, but white people say dumb shit, right? Yeah. It's more annoying though when when your culture like Hashtag. like other Dominicans are like that's your kid? Yeah. It's like, bitch, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like we it. come in all colors, you know, more than anyone that we, we do, we come in all colors. All colors. So for you, <laughs> you know, you're Dominican also yeah. to, uh, to ask that I expect it from a white person. Yeah. But not from, not from yeah. my own culture. And, and that's who's asked me before. I've never gotten it from the, from a white person. person. You've gotten it from Dominican, from, from Dominican. And it's weird. Or, or if it's not, if that's your kid, what is he mixed with? That oh, yeah, is the question that that probably huh. annoys me more than is that your son? Mm. What is he mixed with? And why does that bother you? Because it just it just does. I could tell you why it would bother me. I, because you're saying you're saying that he he is too cute. Yeah. Or he's too much of one thing to just be black. Yes. Mm. To just be my child. Yeah. And and then and, and you said it perfectly i've gotten that for myself uh-huh. where people are like are you, are you mixed with something mm-hmm. no i'm dominican and i'm african-american as well i yeah. mean i'm african as well like yeah. i'm an afro-latina yeah and that's you the know, thing that's it what just, i am it just it makes me so angry it's like what is he mixed with or another thing that makes me super angry is <laughs> mixed kids are always so cute oh girl i'm like Ooh. i've seen some busted ones <laughs> i mean <laughs> All right, so let's be clear. Like, not all, not, not all, all, bitch. Like, that's just a damn assumption. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like just because that baby is a half black or half, and who and says has, like, that? A, and who says those types of things? I think for me, at uh, mostly white people. Yeah, because I've gotten only commentary from white. Yeah, people. mostly white people say, "Oh my god, mixed kids are so cute." Mm-hmm. And you're like, there, girl, they are. Well, a but, mess. No, what's funny is, like, is that. So nobody ever believes that Cortez is half Dominican because uh-huh. he's blonde. And I'm like, he actually gets the blonde from his Dominican side. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even get it from me. Mm-hmm. Oh, honey. No. He mm-hmm. gets the blonde from his Dominican side. Yeah, we can't be blonde. Yeah. I'm like. Travesty. It's but people so don't bizarre. know. Like, yeah. Colorism is real, guys. During like the Holocaust, there were so many Jews, especially that went to DR and like establish South America and South America. Yep. Like, but and it's not German, just yep. in the Caribbean. Yeah. It has happened all over the fucking world. I know. So I like know. get over it. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it is. Very... We are everywhere. Like that is just what it is. Yeah. There are white people in predominantly black countries. Of there course. are black people in predominantly there are white, white Haitians. Yeah, there is all, there are white Jamaicans, which always trip me. There out. are all kinds of people everywhere. Just, my thing is just stop the assumptions. 
Yeah. Stop. And and don't ask stupid questions. Just unless, don't ask them. Yeah. Just, unless it's something <laughs> that you really need to know and you can. But you, you don't really need to know. You really don't. You don't. I was really about to, to say, and you really don't need to yeah, be in my business. What is he mixed with? Yeah. Like, what is he mixed with? You know, mixed babies are so cute. But like, it comes from a place of ignorance because they really can't yeah, understand it, it because from, they probably grew up in a. Predominantly, whatever. Where they they weren't exposed to us. Exactly. And that's why, you know, like for the most part, when things like that happen, I don't like trip out or like go like full on. Mm -hmm. Like I usually ask them a question back to make them realize how dumb the question they just asked me was. Which is like a silent. Do you know what I mean? I'm like. That probably makes people feel like total shit. It's like, do you know what you just. Marlene is not good at that. You know No. (laughs) See, I'd be ignorant. And so, and so we'd end up arguing, whereas her approach would probably sit there and make someone feel like this yeah. big. I mean, you know what I mean? sometimes we'd end up arguing if they're, they're like, huh? What? <laughs> I'm like, you know, but just those questions, you know, especially like as, as a mom, like that is you, that is your creation. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Mama bear, mama yeah. tigress comes out. Yeah, that is my creation. Mm-hmm. I worked hard on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It took me a year and a half to have that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think just like the connection that I have to my son is that that's mine. And f- for you to like question, like, are you the mom? The validity. What, what else does he have? Like that is implying that when you're saying what else does he have, that's implying that his mom is not enough mm-hmm. for me. You know, like my color, you know, who I am, what I look like is not enough that you have to see something else in him. And you just, you just have to be, you just have to know. Yeah, to your 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 uh, donation to, to this <laughs> beautiful creation, you know, your, 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 yeah. your, you know, addition to it is not enough and it's, it's, enough. It, it doesn't make for it to be that beautiful. One more thing. Right. And I think that's where the ignorance comes, definitely comes with, with that. Have you encountered any of this professionally? Um, yeah, I mean, like people, again, it's people who just don't know that they're being ignorant that mm. say things like that. And they, and, and it's not even that it's, they think that it's a compliment and that's where a lot of people think it's a compliment. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. He's like, Oh, I knew, he's so cute. I knew he's mixed. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you're like, what? Like he could be a dark chocolate baby. He'd be cute. You know what I mean? I like, whatever he yeah. could be, would be. He's still a baby. He's still a baby and he's so cute. You know what yeah. I mean? But I think, I think I just encounter, it's not even work. It's just in day-to-day life. Yeah. You, just, you, you just get stuff like that and it's not going to end. I argue this often because I don't, since we don't have the power socially, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that we can label what we do full on racism. Well, I, that's fair. That perspective. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? I, I there's I lots you. of words for it. Yeah, I think we can be fucked judgmental. up is a big one. Yeah. Oh yes, that's judgmental. fair. I think okay. especially in Latino communities and in Caribbean communities, very classist, very classist, Honey. very colorism classist. is real. Honey. Oh, for sure. Yes. My you grandmother know, like, used to put like white powder on me. <laughs> God bless her. Before a photo, so that I can look a little yeah. bit more white. Yes, like bitch. For I my mom, on do her- you see this? There's no white here. <laughs> like it's just it not is happening. Melanin. It doesn't matter what it is you put. Pop- no, on that's me. real. That's real. It's not no. happening. No, it's true. And for my mom, because my mom is part Dominican, and uh, she, I remember she would always say, like, with her hair, they would always make her wear her hair down. So that everyone knew that she was Dominican, that she had like long hair. Okay. Don't get it twisted. Her hair was long, Mm. which means that she wasn't fully black. Yeah. But 
that's also questionable because there's lots of Dominicans that are fully, fully, fully like mm-hmm. there's no length and there's no nothing. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, girl, I know. I'm like, there's lots of broke. there's lots of. <laughs> so let we can start there. That's al- already a misconception. So we'll just say that, you know, somebody in her family was a lighter Dominican. Yes. Yes. Oh, God. The hair crazy. topic makes me a little crazy. It's yes. real everywhere. You know what I mean? Like there's so many again. What ends up happening is I think people think black people can only look a specific way. Like you can only look Kunta Kinte. Mm -hmm. Sure. With nappy hair, like all the stereotypes that a black person could possibly possibly be. That's all you can look like. And you can never, you know, like deviate from that. You can never be as dark as me with like straight hair. You can never be as dark as me with like curly hair like you oh, can't and the, sh- the shades of dark is yeah. also a problem exactly within the community as well oh, i yeah. think it's probably comforting to just be able to label things especially in the west we're mm-hmm. very comfortable in being able to package label yeah. and say this is where you live okay you're a black girl yes you're haitian you look like what i imagine a black haitian to look like exactly you know what? I, if I came in and I was like, well, I'm Haitian, too. I yeah. mean, I would fuck up everybody's mind. Yeah, they'd be like, what? No, right. no. Right. And then we we Ivy League educated. We hear her. Mm-hmm. And then I'm I'm sure because so I've I've never gotten it because I sound the way that I sound. But I have girlfriends who went to school and sound. How what's the word that I'm looking for? White? AKA white? No, not white. <laughs> not white. Just just speak standard English. Mm-hmm. They don't have any kind of twang in their voice. You, you don't sound like you have any accent. Got you. And so they've gotten, I've I've grown up with them and seen them experience, oh, you don't sound the way that you look. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Oh, you don't. Right. And so I think that's very interesting. Yeah. Or, oh my gosh, when I spoke to you on the phone, you just don't sound... And your name is Rajni Jacques. Uh-huh. And you look like, huh? They're like, oh, you they get all imagining types of stuff. Like you're not French. <laughs> well, it's like you're not French, but I also have a very Indian first name. And then you I walk in and I'm black. And they're like, but you're black, but like what kind of black are you? Like, do you get you know, the do yeah. you get the you're you're black but not black black? Yeah. I love I would have a field day with that you know kind what I mean? of I'm shit. Like, huh? We just had a young lady here last uh, week who is I would say also in the same industry as, as Raj, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same industry, fashion. beauty, fashion. fashion. And she is a brown girl, mm-hmm. curly hair. Um, she basically gave us her perspective walking into like photo shoots. She's a manicurist, mm-hmm. really, really dope manicurist, by the way. Um, she gave us her perspective and she said that very often she is um, overlooked and and given like that that sly like attitude sometimes um and i wonder if you've ever you're in a boss position Mm -hmm. and so it seems to me i wonder if if you get those white girls that are like oh oh you're the director Mm -hmm. you know do you ever feel that no 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 who's really the fashion director yeah like who should i really be speaking to i mean you get that or coming up yeah i'm sure coming up i would definitely i would definitely say maybe not anymore it was more coming up Okay. Into my role than it is then actually now. into my role. Yeah. That's refreshing to yeah. know. And, and that's good. And listen, like, I mean, girl, no, bitches don't want to get fired now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just let's, like, let's just speak plainly, shall we? You know, bitches ain't crazy now. But when she was starting, I'm sure they were like, mm, who's your boss? Yeah. I think, I think 
listen, I think as a woman of color working in an industry where we are not the majority, the majority mm. um, was very hard. And I think when, when you're there and you're working, you're just trying to do the best that you can possibly do. And I do have to say, I did have to work three times as hard, you know, to really? kind of, you do, mm-hmm. you do, because I think, when, oh, I believe you, you know, when people, and, and, and people don't like to unpack this, but I think when people see you and they're like, girl, like, would you say that to that, to that woman over there? Do you know what I mean? There, there are the, there are the small things that get dropped in your lap that sometimes oh, girl. Don't, don't throw on like that. the micro ebonics. Yeah. Don't yeah, call you know me. I mean? We're not in Brooklyn, girl. Yeah, and sometimes you know, sometimes I would sit there and I would take it, but then mm. there were times that I didn't. And I think the older I got and the better my position got, I was able to speak more about no, no, that's cultural appropriation. No, we're not doing that. No, but when I was kind of like coming into it, I I, I didn't have a voice like that because I was just trying to and kind that's of fair. like. I was trying myself to just get by and to get the next best thing. So you played their game. So you, you you do have to play a game, you know, certain times, but I, you know, someone that I had a a true friendship with that would say something like that to them, I would tell them Mm -hmm. to them. I'm like, Hey, don't do that to me. Like, you know, when you said girl, like, do you say girl to everybody? Or are mm-hmm. you just saying it to me? Mm-hmm. The reason why I'm asking this is, you know, just because I, I just, I just want to know. And I, I need to know because I don't want you to refer to me as girl and then refer to anybody else who co- that comes into the room as, Hey, Ma'am. Jessica, <laughs> Hey, by their first name, I'm not girl. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that to people that I had a rapport with and we, I spoke to and you start there and you start there and then you, and then you build. And then the thing that happens is once you say that to that one person, that one person is going to be like, don't call Rajni girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And it, it starts to manifest itself in its own way where then you can kind of take control of, of your identity. Yeah. Or, I mean, there are times where I was only brought in like, Hey, we want, we want something edgy. We want uh, multicultural perspective. Uh, Do you know what I mean? And edgy you, was you have always, the edgy perspective. Yeah. Edgy was always minority. Mm-hmm. Speak for all black yes. people, please everywhere in the yeah. history. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it was, it was very much that, or can you, can you tell us who's like the latest rapper, R and B singer? Like, and the thing is like going, going back again, like sometimes these people just didn't know, yeah. like to them, it was, it was so everyday language that they just didn't know that. No, you, that's wrong but isn't that exhausting because i it is feel exhausting. i feel like it's exhausting to constantly and and i know i i go back and forth in this because the libra in me wants to be better and wants to be a teacher but it's exhausting to just like teach y'all motherfuckers constantly about the shit that's right like yeah. just fucking think think it is exhausting but you know i think it's necessary it's necessary yeah and you You're can right. do it in a way where listen i have thick skin I know that you're not, sometimes you're coming for me, but sometimes I know that you're not coming for me. Sometimes I think, and this does happen. They just want to be friends with you or friendly with you so bad Mm -hmm. or like be in your company that they think that, you know, those little sayings and those words will get them closer. closer. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I I mean? And and so I, the lens that I look at it as, oh, this, this is how they're approaching me. And so this is what I'm going to do to help them. And that's, there's a, a famous scene from one of my favorite shows, Insecure. What? what? <laughs> In the first season where she's, uh, Issa is walking into her coworker, uh-huh. like uh, the sort of like water cooler circle. 
I think everyone is oh. on break or something. Oh, yes, yes. And they said something like, yo, last night was lit. And she kind of was like, Looked I don't know what like, the fuck what? that means. And then like walks away. Yeah. And then they're showing like <laughs> what she's like. I know what that means, but I'm not going to let them know yeah, that I know what that, that means. means. I feel oh. like that's me all day. Sometimes you have to play that part. Like, yeah. Huh? What's fleek? What? what? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> And I, I wish I and I always say this because I find that it's it's so where what neighborhood in Brooklyn did you grow up in? No, I didn't grow up. Oh, in you Bro- did. Okay. I grew up in Queens. In Queens. Queens. I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, Richmond Hill, Queens, which was very Guyanese and Italian. And then we moved to New Jersey. Queens is very uh, it's like a special borough because it's I a, feel like it is special. so it is so global. Yeah, it is special. Pop it is everything. There. Everything you could possibly yeah. imagine just in one in, in one place. Yeah. I, I feel like people that grow yeah. up in Queens have access to they're so far more worldly than other There's just folks. So many different cultures that mm-hmm. are there. So I grew up there and then when I moved to New Jersey. Um, I grew up in, it was a very, at the time it was a very Jewish neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. And I think that that, what time, what age did you move to New Jersey? I was probably sixth grade. There's something to be said for that because I feel like very early on and, and I feel like maybe my kid is going to experience this definitely Marlene's kid, but I didn't encounter, I lived in one of those, I grew up in one of those very, very brown pockets in the United States of America. So Outside of New York City, I grew up in Southern California and Southern California, especially in like working class neighborhoods, they're very segmented and you have to drive miles like lots of other places in in the country to to see the other people to see the other people. So you can be in one area and never really experience white people. And I feel like that almost I didn't really encounter big groups of white people until college. Yeah. So that same it kind yeah. of fucked me Same up a little bit and i always and say this in the bronx, in the, bronx. Okay. In the west portion of the bronx yeah. because when you when you don't encounter them until college you're just like what the fuck is this like mm-hmm. in masses you mean That's, right yeah, yeah in masses yeah, and in in i mean for me like white people were there were a couple of teachers yeah you know but when when you get to college you're like wait so y'all have parties and there's like just music and nobody dances and just things like you know i'm not being even funny i'm being serious (laughs) you know it was the college was the first time where i ever heard the term summer as a verb Uh i didn't know that people summer got you oh where are you summering where are you summering i've never heard that i didn't realize that that was a thing i was like what do you mean where am i summering i'm summering in fucking you know grand concourse (laughs) that's where i summer every year and (laughs) you know so they're like no no like where are you right down beach like i didn't understand those terms and so i feel like if you encounter them early on when you get to the professional level yeah because at the executive level, especially at the level that you're at, like you said, yeah. there's not a lot of brown, much less brown women at that level. Yeah. You almost don't know how to maneuver mm-hmm. um, intelligently. You don't know you're you're very much put off. And I know that professionally it has been very hard for me to be in big circles Got you. where the majority of people in power are are white people that i'm like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about <laughs> yeah. i don't know what what jokes the you guys are making i don't get it yeah i mean it's, i think that's an advantage honestly. no i i you know like it's so funny that you say that because you know growing up like in queens it was very caribbean and yeah. like i just knew the caribbean way of life yeah that just was everything because mm-hmm. that's everyone that was there. And then moving to New Jersey, it was very white. It was very Jewish. Jewish, if you weren't Jewish in the town that I grew up in, 
um, you were either Italian. Okay. So yes, I was thrown into that and I was one of 15 Jeez. black. That's what I'm saying. Not people of color, just black in my school. And then there like was like in a whole ass school. Yeah. In a whole school. Where'd you grow up in? Where were you in Jersey? Manalapan. What? So it was, it was like, <laughs> we don't know Jersey girl. <laughs> it was like central Jersey. But, oh, okay. And I think you, you, you learn then. And, it, and it's not, it, it's definitely not like you learn to tolerate that. That's not it. It's, no, you, you understand that. You just, you just learn for me, what I was learning was how in a way to assimilate. Oh, okay. In, in a space where I was very rare and I was only seen as a stereotype to mm. a lot of people. And so a lot of the things were like, oh my gosh, you don't do that. Like you don't speak like, right. you don't dress like, wait, the house that you live in isn't like, mm. and your so, parents are doctors. Yeah. Like, so it was, it was in that space and just learning how to maneuver and not take offense all the time. Because yeah. there was a point, there was a period where it was very hard because I just took offense to everything. And I'm not saying that they weren't giving it to me. I'm just saying it becomes a lot to ha hold that on your shoulder by yourself 24 seven. Yeah, that's how so, for a kid. Yeah, so I had to like let some of that go and just like let it wash off and not react to every single thing. But um, it also allows you to move and be able to speak certain things yeah. and, and understand certain cultural references. Yeah, I understand, you know, I understand a Jewish culture very well because all my friends were Jewish and you that, know what I mean that's an advantage you know they were all like <laughs> Jewish so like I understood like I would go to their seders I went to so many bar and bat mitzvahs I don't not, even know what that is and I yeah, remember but I'm just, not that I understood the religion and I was sure, like wholeheartedly sure. but it was so common to me because most of my friends were mm -hmm. and so I under I understood that world and I understood I also understood that I was a speck in that world too. Mm. I understood that. And I, I understood, okay, what can I do in this space that would, for my advantage at the same time. Mm -hmm. So when you walk in, honey, yeah. Team Vogue, I mean, bitches heads are turning like they're just not ready for you because I mean, you know, she's talking, she's interviewing like, you know, you get me on the phone. Somebody's like, that bitch is a spick like all the way, you know, listen to her. I mean, I can't help it. This is I've, I, I hate how I sound recorded, but you walk in and, and not only are you just like this, like beautiful black woman, but you also understand our lingo and our things and the things that they talk about. Like I have this thing that I feel like white women, and this is just a generalization, but the ones, especially when I, I started out very similar to um, Marlene, I dabbled in PR for a little uh -huh. bit, fashion PR. And I find like white women talk a lot about weight. Oh, you're so skinny. I'm so skinny. Yeah. I'm not skinny enough. It's always like a part of conversation, yeah. which weight in my household was always like, you're too skinny. Yeah. I think that you just, have no ass like you need to <laughs> I think that's a cultural thing it totally and I d it always thing. used to put me off because yeah. I used to be like why are we talking about weight yeah so much? that's just a cultural thing yeah you know what I mean like again like at a young age I knew about weight probably mm. more than I should have I see you see like if I grew up like in those formative years those like teenager years in um, a community that celebrated curves and celebrated mm -hmm. all that there would be a different mindset. Yeah. But I didn't. I grew up in like weight was always something. It was a number. It was a thing. It was a thing. And sometimes it would 
honestly, rub off on you. Fuck, fuck, fuck with me. Yeah, I'd be yeah. like, wait, am I too big or am I like I I I'm still trying to like figure this out. Mm. But then again, I would have to pull myself back and be like, I am not like them. Right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm internalizing their thing, but that's not necessarily part of my thing. Because when I got too skinny, my mom would be like. Right. Like you're not eating. <laughs> Say it. Like, do you Say know what it. I mean? Like it, it was, it was very much like, this is too skinny. Can mm-hmm. you go to someone's house and eat? Like I'm sending you. You're starving. Yeah. I'm yeah, sending you some planting. My family's the same. <laughs> yeah. I'm sending you to Haiti to, to go it's eat. It's the opposite. Yeah. It's the opposite for it's us. It's the opposite. Yeah. And and the thing is like, when you live in those, that world, like I was like, whoa, I, we were so opposite. Mm. It, it is a very opposite thing. It's not that's good or that's bad vice versa yeah, it's yeah just, not at all it's just something i noticed it's just so opposite mm. the things that we I, I i think as women of color beauty for us is very different than beauty if you're not a woman of color yeah and i mean look at the culture now like now everyone wants a fat ass mm-hmm. isn't that funny say, now I they're mean, trying to look like us i mean i just want to like, say i always wanted a fat ass <laughs> I'm yeah, just glad that I got boobs eventually. Like I got boobs at like 15. It's, it's mainstream now. And the but only, I always wanted ass. And, and the only reason why likes. it became mainstream is because Kim Kardashian. Kim, Kim Kardashian. And that to me blows my mind because I'm like, th- that shape has been part of a culture. Thank you. For centuries. For centuries. Nobody was even looking to, no to one, that was just regular shit. No, no one it was, checked. It was, it, it was actually nasty before. It was, it was seen as like obtruse yeah, and just like, like, oh my God, too, too bulbous, big, too big, too, too like, ooh, oh, like, and now <laughs> I'm like, you're on a cover of a magazine. Like mm. you're, that is being celebrated, but that's celebrated only because someone someone was able to take something that was ours and turn it to make it beautiful because it wasn't on our, on our skin, on our skin and our dime. Now as a woman, now as a mother, like I'm very happy with who I am, what I turned out to be. I'm very happy with, you know, um, the things that I'm doing. I'm very confident in myself. I'm confident in myself as a woman. I'm confident in myself as a mother. I'm confident in myself as a wife. Mm. So as a professional, yeah, as a professional, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very confident, not cocky, just confident and knowing that like I can make mistakes and still bounce back. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you're in that m- mindset, you're able to kind of, you know, combat those two different ideals. One thing I do have to say is especially with the two books that I'm at now, Teen Vogue and, allure there has been a pivot i mean teen vogue wasn't always very much so the, the what we we know of teen vogue being today you mm-hmm. know what i mean teen vogue four years ago was kind of your blake lively's and, yeah. and and it was very static in that way a specific girl a specific look specific type of dressing and in the past like two to three years it has pivoted and where it's all about inclusion but i think that can't happen unless the people who work behind the scenes are diverse. You're never going to get that authenticity. hundred. If you're not hiring women of color, if you're not hiring uh, LGBTQ, like if if you're not hiring just different types of people and how they view the world, you're never going to get something that's as juicy and as complex and has so much context. If you don't hire people from that community from, right. from that community and different backgrounds to contribute and to say like hey this fashion story is cute but 
why don't we get, you know, a woman who has curves? And I'm not just talking about like, she's still five, seven weighs one twenty three, and has like a hip. I'm talking about like, why don't we include this a type Serena of person? Williams, girl. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, why don't we? All the thighs and the booty. Yeah, yeah but I start... think what you're saying is super important. A lot yeah. of brands don't get it. They yeah. still, they still, um, uh, they still go for the person that has an MBA mm-hmm. or the person who is more prepared. Yeah. Maybe Asian, maybe white. I'm not sure. Yeah. But that person can't speak to me. Yeah. She can't. And we, and that's the thing, like, you need people in your workforce that can speak to everybody. Everyone. So if your core is not diverse, you're never. It's never going to shine through. It's never going to shine through. And I think. But Coke, I do think that if if your core is diverse, mm-hmm. it'll spread out to everyone else. Oh yes. Right? And I think that's. And for me, I think that's one of the reasons why Teen Vogue has gotten this uptick because the people that work behind it are. It's it's a very diverse group of females and males. Mm. Shout out behind to Teen Vogue. Yeah, it's a very diverse group. And so that's how they're able to kind of like talk about these topics and, you know, talk about cultural appropriation, but also talk about, you know, the disadvantages of young black youth going to jails and talk about sexual innuendos and all those Girl, things. It's the only way. It's in, the only way. In one package. And I do think, you know, with the lore... That has also pivoted where I think now, since I've been on, not just me, but just within the past the past year, it's more about identity. Like, what is your identity? Like, beauty is such a, you know, like beauty can be like makeup, but beauty obviously is something that grows from within. Like, your beauty is unique to where you're from, where your ancestors are from, your everyone's beauty is unique to where they come from. And I think now Allure is exploring more of that side and more of the identity side, which talks about the culture of braiding, which talks about the culture of X, Y, Z, not just about like, use this cream and you'll have, you won't have wrinkles next week. Right. And if you, and again, I think that's a testament to who they're hiring Mm -hmm. and to you and your team pushing this messaging forward and making sure that, the communication and the messaging is getting out there. Exactly. Because the face of the readership is mm-hmm. also changing. Yeah. Um, Rajni, it has been a true pleasure to have you with us. It's been great to be here with you guys, guys. Before we let you go, we want three style tips from the fashion guru for moms like what are three must-haves or three Mm -hmm. suggestions for a mom that's maybe like you know kind of stuck in like the sweatpants frumpy mode and wants to get back to herself what would you say works Hmm. damn (laughs) i think i know i think i know one that you'll say all right hit me with it a good gene yes Right. I think a good jean goes a long way. I mean, you can wear them baggy, boyfriend, like there's so many different cuts. The varieties are nice now. The varieties are nice. The textures are nice. You can have something a little soft if you are that sweatpant type of girl. Actually, I saw one. My friend was wearing it the other week. They're like drawstring and they had like um 
enclosed on the bottom and they kind of look like sweatpants, Mm-mm. but they were jean material and they were soft. And those look good. Yeah. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I was just say <laughs> a good jean. A good jean is always key. Like a good jean. Definitely if you're feeling a little like schlumpy, throw on a red lip and some earrings. Yes. Ooh. That's my go to. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you love yeah. red. Because it's a fake dress up. It's a fake yeah. People dress don't up. get that. I People, agree. I agree. They think well and yeah. I think I've been a little bit influential in getting you into red lip because I feel yeah. like the misconception uh-huh. is that it's what you're wearing a lot of makeup, but you yeah. actually wear less makeup when you wear a red lip. Because it's all you lip, need. Because it's all you need. Yeah. Like do a little mascara, red lip. And you're done. Some earrings. You can still wear your sweats. Throw on a little mm-hmm. heel. Like you could be not a kitten heel, but like throw on a little a heel little and, a and a clean, half inch. Yeah, like a clean top. <laughs> mm. Throw on that jean jacket or like a moto jacket there. Boom. You're gone. Denim. Do you know what I mean? Red lip. Yeah. Denim, red lip. Denim, and then, red lip. And then what's the third? Man, I mean, the third is as it's going to sound cheesy, but like, do you? I like that. You just got to do you. Yeah. Like, I I remember one of my mentors, Sydney, she always said like, you can't, don't let the trend wear you because someone who wears a trend, you can see that they're wearing a trend. Yes. You know what I mean? So like, don't follow the next thing. I'm not saying that if there's a trend that you like and you can rock, you shouldn't rock it, but don't follow it. Do you? Like, I like that. Spruce up your own style. If and remember who you were before. Because, yeah. I mean, you can kind of lose yourself a little bit when, yes. you know, babies are new and you're just like, oh, God, just I'm going to just wear these sweats one more day. <laughs> yeah, like, no tights. no one sees me or anyway. Or these tights. Just one more tights. day. I am guilty of wearing the same pair of sweats for like four yeah. months. And that's OK. It's disgusting. That's but, OK. But you're, <laughs> I hope you watch them. I didn't because I wasn't leaving the house. I was just in the house nursing. Whatever guys but you're right and so thank you so much for coming up here just sharing love and light and you know and being the kick-ass mom boss woman that you are because I think it's it's inspirational I think that more people need to know that it is it is possible and that there's lots of brown girls at the top maybe we we want to see more always yeah but i like to i like to tell the stories because i think that it's it's there's a way you know you didn't just come and your parents were like here's you know here's your trust fund it's not that and the thing is you know for me as women we are in a group yeah that you should always give a hand to another woman. I agree. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, what did Hillary Clinton say? She's like, there's a special place in hell for women that don't help other Oops. women. Mm-hmm. Girl, you just gave me chills right and now. And I truly, truly, truly believe in that. I'm not saying that we all have to get along kumbaya, but I, what I am saying is if you see someone that is doing well and is really good at what they do, just give them a helping hand. Yeah. I know for me in the profession that I'm in, especially if I do see a brown girl women of color who wants to come up in the same way. I always try to be like, Hey, let's sit down and talk. What can I do to help you? Because to me, if I know if people are telling me like, Oh my gosh, you know, you thank you so much. Like I never thought I could do this because of you, because I had that person that was like, I never even knew I could even be part of this until I saw you walking the hallways, you know, always, always give that lending hand, always put that hand build legacy. Yeah. That hand back. So someone else can reach out and pull them up. Like, I don't believe in there's enough room for every woman on this table. Do you know what I mean? In this world, Mm. like there's enough room for all of us. So don't be a hater. And just because someone got something doesn't take away from you. 
it does not take Love away that. from you. Then you're right. Does it? And, and I think we need lot, more of us. Yeah, we need more of us. And a lot of women forget that. A lot of women feel like I can only be the only woman of color here or in this space it or get in that territorial. Space. It gets territorial. And that's not true anymore. Like if you think in those terms, then you're doing a disservice to yourself and you're doing a disservice to the, the future of females. This is my mission. Why guys see you next week. Thank you. Bye guys. Mom, 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 mom.